You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. So grateful to be with all of you today. I am so excited to share this incredibly interesting, educational, informative, transformational conversation with Elizabeth April. I have just been so curious to get to know this woman and everything that she's about. She's a paradigm shifter, a truth seeker. She is doing everything within her power to help us all understand spiritually what's going on in the world, up-leveling, moving from 3D to 5D, Uh, extraterrestrial encounters and how aliens play a role in everything going on in our lives. I mean, across the board, there is nothing that she does not cover. Uh, We talk about the Galactic Federation and spiritual discernment, slowing things down, asking your guides to come forward. We get into past life regression. Um, what is alignment, how we know everything is happening for us, what surrendering is, the role of free will. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we talked about free will because it is something that I really get caught in. I don't know about you, but I'm like free will, destiny, it's happening, soul contracts versus being in choice. And it just gets really gray for me and I get kind of confused. And so I asked her about it, which I absolutely loved. We talked about collectively waking up slash being in a bubble. Which one is it? Are we all waking up or is our bubble waking up? Um, and the fact that the fires happening and COVID and political chaos, just in an opportunity for everything to sort of blow up. And this is what she's calling the reform. So I love this conversation, channeling, trusting yourself, understanding what being open really is. We cover all of it. And I just really appreciate how open and honest she is. And we had a beautiful heart to heart where I admitted that I was really nervous for this conversation and her response was so beautiful. So I'm so excited for you guys to get to know the one and only Elizabeth April. And before we get into this show with her, I want to tell you about a couple of things. So one, my final program of the year is available. I am closing enrollment in just two weeks. It is called the Practice Duos. So in this program, I won't be working one-on-one and I won't be working in a group. It will be me and two women together. And the reason I created this and it came to me because I was really trying to figure out, okay, what is my next offering following group programs? I have my one-on-ones going. How can I support more people? And I realized that I could create a community sisterhood circle atmosphere with two women. So we're holding space for one another. We are in listening. As the facilitator, I will be giving feedback and the two of you will be able to learn from one another because that really is the power of sitting in circle. It also is at a discounted price. So for three months, it's not the same as it would be for a a one-on-one, but you're really getting a lot of that intimate attention, which is super important to me. So if you are at all curious about this, I put all the details on the website for you to kind of go through. There's a lot of information, but this is really for someone who is 
ready to dive deeper, who wants to be radically honest, who is ready to get rid of that noise and that chaos to get more connected with her clear channel, with her body, and be in conversation with her guides and be in alignment, figuring out what that actually means, where you are out of alignment, and where you need some feedback and encouragement in order to take those next steps for yourself. So if you're curious about that, you can go to kellytenant.com slash duos. I only have six spots available. So if you are curious about this, apply, get on the phone with me. It's a free 30 minute call and we will figure out if this is the right place for you. Second, if you want to have a podcast, if you have a podcast, we created the pod course for you. So as y'all know, I am the CEO and co-founder of Soulfire Productions. And along with Connor and our dear friend, Christina Rice, we created the pod course for creatives. We wanted a no bullshit approach to podcasting. And we will spend six weeks with you in this live course. We have calls every week with the three of us that are live answering your questions. We have over 10 modules and bonuses and PDFs and how to's for equipment, recording, editing, getting guests, getting yourself booked on shows, sponsorship, artwork, like you name it, we covered it. We want a transparent community. It's so important for us to support you and your podcasting goals and dreams. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to thepodcourse.com. That's P-O-D-course.com. And you can see all the information. If you have any questions, DM me. We are also closing enrollment for this in two weeks. We begin in November. So if this is something you want to do, we would absolutely love to have you. All right, here is Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you. I, um, I love how bold you are and it really, honestly, I feel like I'm bold and then I see what you do and I'm like, that's bold. I love it. <laughs> but I feel like it's giving so many people permission to really step into being more bold, being more vulnerable, pushing mm-hmm. boundaries and not feeling like they need to play small. So how have you really embraced this, this way you are approaching educating and teaching and, and really owning this space? Mm-hmm. Well, it took me a while. Um, and the number one concept that I have that I work with every day is you cannot be a good teacher unless you're a good student first, right? So it took me a while in that student role to really just kind of go through the motions, to go through the awakening, to go through the ego desk, to go through the shadow work, to go through the inner child work, um, to get to a place where I felt, you know, confident and comfortable enough to be bold, you know, and to not really care about what people say or think or perceive, because ultimately you can't please everyone especially in this field. And I think one of the breakthroughs that I had a couple of years ago was uh, I was watching this video on YouTube and it was a video of puppies, right? I mean, who doesn't love puppies? And this video had like a hundred thousand views. And I'm like, I'm loving this video. These puppies are so cute. And I look at the, um, the likes versus dislikes ratio. Right. And, you know, there was probably like 10,000 likes and there was like 2000 dislikes. And I'm like, who dislikes puppies? And in my mind, this light bulb went off. And I'm like, you know what? If people are going to dislike puppies, then of course people are going to dislike me because Mm -hmm. I push the boundaries, you know, of these limiting beliefs. So, okay, great. You know, if puppies can't please everyone, then bring it on, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I stepped into that energy of, um, you know, I'm just going to teach the way that I know how and, and, uh, and feel it out and, and not really be affected by, by the dislikes or by the people 
who are going to be the haters, right? Because there's going to be haters for everything, even puppies. Damn, that is so good. And that's even like in my mind, such a good visualization. I can imagine being in a moment where I'm like, oh God, someone's going to say something or this is going to be wrong or they're not going to like it. I'm going to be like, but some people don't like puppies and I'm going to see someone not liking a puppy. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's so silly. You know, I think, I think something you do that not a lot of people are willing to do is make predictions or talk about what you are seeing or what is coming through to you that is coming, that is coming for all of us. Right. And you are so bold again with, this is what's happening. This is what I'm seeing. This is what they're telling me. It's very clear to me and it's drawn out very specific. How do you do that? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I pair psychic abilities with mediumship abilities with astral traveling abilities. You know, it's just in my mind, it's like, if you can tap into that realm, don't stop at just one modality. And that's what I really try and push and teach others as well. Like, I mean, man, if you're clairaudient, what else can you do? Right. Um, so for me, you know, I never wanted to be the psychic who made predictions um, you know, years ago, I would make very specific predictions. You know, I predicted it was not, I can't even say I predicted it because it's not my information. Um, but, but I saw the volcano erupting, um, in Hawaii before a week before it erupted, I saw a giant Arctic ice shelf breaking off, you know, um, a week before it happened. And then everyone sends me the news articles of, Oh my goodness, this actually just happened. But I want to stay away from that ultimately. Um, so the predictions that I make nowadays are more so this is what we're going to be experiencing. This is what you're going to be feeling. This is what we're going to be going through. And this is not the worst of it, you know, and I'm not a very fear based person, but I really deeply believe in preparation because if you're not prepared for something, if you're caught off guard, if you're surprised, Um, then that can actually really lead to detriment and a fear-based mentality, this survival. It can really kind of kick up that fight or flight energy. Um, So being prepared really allows us to be open-minded of, okay, cool, it could get worse, but as long as I have what I need, as long as I'm prepared for it, maybe energetically, vibrationally, emotionally, physically, um, then I'm not going to have that fear-based mentality. So I try and avoid or help people kind of prepare so that they avoid that fear-based or that survival mentality. So my predictions aren't very clear or specific in that way. They're more so, hey guys, this is kind of what's going on on the planet right now. And this is how it's going to affect you. Mm, I love that. I'm curious. This is something I've been grappling with and I've been talking to a lot of my girlfriends about is, you know, a lot of us feel like we're really tapping into our gifts and feel like we're channeling and and getting messages. And it's been so clear, especially since COVID hit. I mean, we all felt like we were just blown open, which is so amazing. But because they're newer abilities, um, we have a hard time trusting and we're all like, are we making this shit up? Like, is this our imagination? Because you know, the world wants you to believe that, that you're just losing your mind, which I'm sure you get all the time. Mm -hmm. So when it comes through for you and it resonates and you're like, yes, this feels good or this feels like truth for me. And to disseminate that, Like, how do you know what is the feeling or the the thought process in that? I mean, it took me many years to get to this place where 
when something comes through, I don't doubt it because I know, because I feel deeply the resonation. I've also worked a lot with discernment, right? Because when you go into the astral realms, it doesn't mean that it's all going to be butterflies and lollipops and rainbows. You're still going to encounter low vibrational frequency and dark energy. So when you start to open yourself up, you need to have the discernment of what feels in harmonic alignment and what doesn't feel in harmonic alignment. Nowadays, I don't necessarily have to question anything because that feeling is so strong, mm -hmm. right? It's just so, you know, deeply ingrained in me. Um, and then also recently, I've been very vulnerable with saying to people, hey, guys, you know, I'm not getting any sleep this week. You know, am I going crazy? And then I have all these messages and emails and whatever comments back saying, oh, my goodness, me too. I'm having the same issues. And that also gives me confidence of, oh, OK, I'm not alone, which is beautiful because people tell me all the time, you know, watching your stuff makes me feel less alone. And it's the same thing with psychic abilities. So I find just in general, it's much easier to get intuitive downloads about the world, about other people about the coffee on your desk, you know, yeah. rather than yourself. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why is because we hold so much attachment to our ego and our emotions and what we want and what could happen and what is possible, what isn't possible. I mean, there's so much limitation that we have as a human being in our own minds that, you know, when we channel something else or someone else objectively, it's much easier because we don't doubt it as much. It's like, Hey, I'm seeing the color red or I'm picking up on the name George. Like, does that make sense to you? And then you have your friend be like, Oh my goodness, George is my like great grandpa, you know, and it all kind of comes together you get that instant validation it's much more difficult to channel for yourself because you don't necessarily get that validation because there's that fine line of am i making this up you know is this coming to me from the ethers the number one thing that i recommend for someone who's wanting to discern their own thoughts um, in comparison to the thoughts of the universe or the downloads or messages from higher sources other than discernment which is really important is just kind of like where you, what you mentioned is where is it coming from? So I kind of understand those other dimensions and realms as like a dream world. So when you wake up in a dream and you start having a lucid dream and you ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I get to the kitchen? I don't know. I just popped in. It's just a dream. Mm -hmm. When you ask yourself in a dream, how did I get here? And you realize that you don't know how you got there. Then you start to wake up and realize this is a dream. If I ask myself, how did I get to my desk this morning? You know, well, I walked from the bed and, and I walked over here and I, and I can remember my whole day. Right. So when you're in your own mind space and you've got, say, this image of a clock that's spinning rapidly that pops into your mind, you have to ask yourself, how did I get here? You know, and a lot of the times if say, for example, if I lean back in my chair and my back starts hurting and then this thought just quote unquote, randomly pops into my mind of like, oh no, what if I fall back in my chair? What if I break my back? And then you're like, oh no, is this an intuitive thought? Am I going to break my back? Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're like, wait a second, trace the thought back. Where did it come from? Oh, it came from the fact that I leaned back in my chair and I had a little like pop in my back. And then the fear-based thought came through. If you can trace your thoughts back, it's your own ego. It's mm. your own human. Okay. If you cannot trace the thought to anywhere, 
it's actually coming into your mind. Now that's, that's great, right? So the discernment between your own human mind and where that's kind of tracing back from and where that's a reaction from, or it's just something that comes in from the ethers. Now, the problem with that is when thoughts come in from nowhere, from the ethers, okay, it could be your partner's thought. It could be your dog's thought. It could be your neighbor's thought. It could be a spirit guide's thought. It could be a dark entity's thought. It could be, it could literally be anything. So it's great. You know, step one is, is this my own thought or reaction in the moment, or is this coming from the astral realm? And then once you realize, is it coming from the astral realm, then where in the astral realm is it coming from? Right. And it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So the hyper awareness of your thoughts is so important for doing this work. And that's why things like meditation and quieting your mind from distraction are super important in general as well. Mm, love that explanation. That is so good. I've never heard anyone say it like that. And that was perfect. So perfect. I'm curious as you have gotten more connected and I know you talk a lot about your aliens and your guides and, and all of these entities around you and support when you, before you knew them and who they were and you're just hearing messages, how did you go about getting to know them, asking their name, show yourself, whatever that was for you? Yep. Yep. So I have like two kind of experiences um, that come to mind right away. One is when I was a kid um, I was very, you know, I had extrasensory abilities, very clairvoyant. Um, and so I was always talking to this beautiful female energy. I never saw her, but I talked to her and she was so soft, so loving. And now I realize that she was this Palladian woman. Now, back then, because I was raised Catholic, I thought that I was talking to God. Mm. And I told my dad at the age of six that the Bible has it wrong because God's actually a female. Right? Yes. It's funny, right? <laughs> I'm like the audacity of me at six years old to uh -huh. say this whole religion has it wrong because of my one experience, right? But Christianity, Catholicism tells us that if you're talking to something that no one else can see, it's either God or the devil, mm -hmm. right? This woman was very pleasant, very loving. So I figured this has got to be God, right? Right. Um, so, so at first, you know, I would talk to these things. They would talk to me very telepathically and I would never see them. Uh, I remember around 18 when I got abducted by interdimensionals for the first time, I really wanted to see them. And at this point I was astral traveling, remote viewing, going into past lifetimes. I mean, you name it, my, my third eye was open and I was having a lot of visual experiences but there was so much fear in me of actually putting a face to, you know, uh, a vibration and energy. And I think that there was a lot of fear in me, mostly because we're just not used to interacting with things that don't look human. Now, Palladians are easy. Angels are easy to interact with. They're like, oh, they're just another human. It looks very similar. Um, but greys, you know, mm -hmm. greys were one of my first experiences and the mantis as well. Looking, you know, yeah, it's interesting. Mantis, I mean, any sort of insectoid, you know, beings look very... <laughs> very horrendous in a way, but can be very loving, you know? Um, so yeah. So I remember the first time I had that breakthrough, I was sitting in meditation and this huge gray face came in my face. And it's funny because my roommate walked in on me when I was meditating and I told her, I'm like, I have a face in my face. And she's like, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, I have a face in my face. And I'm like, it looks like an alien. And she's like, what are you talking about? She thought I was weird, but, um, and that's when I started to, to really kind of hone in on that ability. And they, 
they came in very softly for me and only when I said I was ready to see them. Mm -hmm. So I was communicating with them for quite some time before I'm like, all right, show, show me, show me yourself. And then it was about a year later when I was uh, first invited to, to one of the Galactic Federation meetings that was inside the moon that I've talked about before. And I was so fascinated. I was after traveling there and there was hundreds of thousands of beings, right, from all different species. This was my first real look at different beings. And so it was like kind of like this um, hollow circular room with all of these seats, you know, within the circle. And uh, I remember I was astro traveling um, around the room and just like in front of these beings, just looking at them. And I think that was like now looking back, I'm like, that was probably pretty rude. You know what I mean? Because they could see my astral body just staring at them. There was like, but I was just so fascinated. There was like gelatin beings that didn't really have a physical form. There was like little troll beings that literally looked like the troll uh, doll as a kid, you know, 90s baby. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Who else? There was like long, like there, some of them, they have knees that are inverted, right? Which is really kind of freaky looking, but once again, they're all of the, you know, they're all of the light working for the Galactic Federation for unity. Um, very tall, like elongated beings. Some beings are like kind of see-through. Some are physical. Some, like I said, gelatin. Um, and then there was a lot of other astral bodies there. But I just remember being so fascinated looking at the vast amount of interdimensionals. And you know, if you could make up an image in your mind um, times that by a thousand, you know, Mm. of what these beings could potentially look like. It's just so infinite. Even, even nowadays I I meet beings all the time and I'm like, I I've never interacted with your, your species. I've never seen this before, which what's your species name. And sometimes they'll tell me, you know, um, but I mean, there's no research online. There's nowhere you can find these beings. Only your YouTube videos. Exactly. (laughs) That's like our introduction. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for that. Um, when you say that you, you talked to them and were in conversation and communication before they ever showed themselves, I'm really glad you bring that forward because I'm curious your perspective on this. I think anyone who's early on in realizing their gifts or, you know, quote unquote, starting to wake up, it can be very overwhelming and your nervous system can go crazy. And you can, like you were talking about having headaches and being so tired and exhausted and not knowing what's going on. And so what I've been told in the past is that we can not only ask them to show themselves, but also ask them to slow things down. Like I, I'm, I'm not ready for this. Can you slow it down a little bit for me until I'm ready to really take on this next level? So do you believe that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, free will is the number one law of the universe that especially the Galactic Federation beings, which they they all want to help and assist, but sometimes too much. I also have you know two experiences with this as well. Uh, many years ago, I was communicating with a was it a tall white? I don't know. It was definitely a very tall. Oh, what, I think it was a, t- uh, a tall white Zeta gray. That's what they're called. Uh, anyway, very wise, very incredibly wise. And so in the astral realm, they put two fingers up to my temple and they started giving me information. And it was so rapid that I said, whoa, 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 please slow this down. I have no idea. I can't even decipher. And it's so funny. So they slowed the information down. And I asked them, I said, how do you perceive this, right? How do you perceive slowing your information down? And they said, just imagine talking the slowest you could ever speak 
And that's what it feels like, you know? So for them to exist on these higher planes, they have no idea how slow the brain, the human brain really, you know, is to process this information. Mm. So that's one, you know, one thing that, that pops in. And then another experience as well is, um, yeah, I was probably around like 1920 and I had these like two tall gray bodyguards and one of my friends was a channeler and she could see them as well. And she basically told them to back off because they were around my energy so much. They were actually blocking me from experiencing other things. They were kind of worried that I was maybe astral traveling, going too far. And I don't know. And so she basically said, you know, that you can tell them to just back off. Like you just need some space energetically. And I'm like, true. I don't need my bodyguards around me all the time. And so I did, I told them to back off and and same thing, like um, I've stopped abductions before they happened because I was too freaked out in the past as well. Like, whoa, 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 guys, come on. Not tonight. Like I have an exam in the morning and I'm tired and whatever. Like, please don't take me tonight. And, and they didn't, you know, so they're really good about that. But I will also say I just want to plant a seed for everyone that I've heard many, many times from my clients to say, 10 years ago, I had this experience of a being coming into my room and I got so scared that I said, get out. And the, the beautiful white light being got out of the room and they haven't come back and it's been 10 years, mm. you know? So it's actually a little bit of a, a pain in their heart to say, I wasn't ready then, but I'm ready now. There's a reason for everything. And there's a reason why they wouldn't, you know, come back during that time. Um, but this is a time of re-experiencing that and stepping back into that uh, cosmic energy. Can you explain a little bit more about free will? Because I get caught in this too, or I feel like we are in a state of choice and have the ability to choose, but I also do feel like, you know, you have your, um, your soul contract and what you've come here for and, and divinity and, and all of this stuff timing. So how do those two work together and how do you explain free will? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. The the age old question, right? Um, Yeah. Free will versus destiny is really what it comes down to. And philosophers have been debating this for many, many years. Um, Ultimately, like I am like a contract queen, you know, almost too much to the point where like I have a contract with this cup of coffee for the next 20 minutes. You know, like I literally look at everything in my life contractually. Um, But then I also understand the power of my free will. So ultimately, in order to understand free will, we need to understand destiny and contracts. So before you came into this lifetime, before you incarnated here, your soul created contracts at 24 car accident, at 28 breakup, at 30 kids, you know, whatever those contracts may be. Now we need to realize and empower ourselves to say, when we were a soul without the limitations of space and time, without the limitations of an ego, without the limitations of anything, we chose what needed to happen And usually they're pretty shitty things and and great things too. Um, But we chose what needed to happen in order to uh, propel us, right? In order to allow us to learn lessons and get challenged and move forward. So ultimately you want to be listening to your contracts. When you try and override your original contracts with your free will, which is completely possible and totally okay for you to do that, there's going to be a huge pushback in your reality. 
Okay. Because your original contracts are the best possible outcome for you to learn the most amount of lessons in this incarnation. So you can still overwrite that, but you may now need to complete those contracts in the next lifetime or what have you. And it just rolls over again. You still need to learn that lesson. So if you choose not to learn that lesson in this lifetime, it's going to roll over. So I believe that contracts, destiny and free will are, you know, happening at the same time. And the the beautiful thing about contracts is we utilized our conscious free will as a soul, divine being of light to create our contracts. So all our contracts, all destiny is, is just a a creation of our soul and what we wanted for us. It's Mm -hmm. not God. It's not a man in the sky. It's not an interdimensional being saying what we need to do. That's not what destiny is. We create our own destiny. So ultimately all destiny is, is our own free will before we actually are in the present moment to override the free will that we had before. Right. So it's all just free will. Um, And so free will is great, but free will is also dangerous. It could be as well, um, you know, because it's so powerful, you know, and basically the whole process of awakening in and of itself is waking up to the fact that we create our own reality, given our biggest gift, which is free will. So one huge aspect of creating and co-creating our current state of reality is taking responsibility over everything that you've already currently created. If you're still in reaction and resistance to any aspect of your life, whether you're like, I hate my boss. Great. Well, why did you create him in your life in the first place? If you're not taking responsibility over that, you will never be able to transmute it and move on. Right. That's the whole point is take responsibility for what you've already created. And then once you've neutralized all that energy, then you can say, now, what do I want now? What does my free will want? And, um, for me personally, I'm such a manifester that I always like stick my foot in my mouth. It's like, okay, I really want, I really want a book deal with Hay House, right? So then I get like an introduction to the CEO of Hay House. I'm like, oh my God, it's so easy. It's meant to be, <laughs> right? And this is my destiny. This is my contract because it's all flowing so effortlessly. And then I get it, I get it, I get it. And then it falls out and it falls through. And I'm like, what? It was so easy. I should have I should have landed that. No problem. This was my contract clearly. Cause it was so easy. And then my, my guides are just laughing at me and shaking their head and saying, you met, you overrode your contracts because you could be signed with Hay House in 10 years from now, but because you wanted it now, you created it now, but it's still not your contracts. So it still fell through. Mm. So if things feel really easy for you and everything's rapidly moving and then it falls through, most likely it's your freaking ability to manifest with your free will that's overriding your contracts. And at the end of the day, it's not going to happen anyway, because it's not in your contracts. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm like, I'm still learning this lesson. Damn, that's so good. I love this. Yeah. I love, I just have to pause and just say this. I love the way you explain things. Because you you know what I was thinking? I've been thinking about this interview for a few weeks and I got a little nervous. I'm not going to lie because I feel like, um, I feel like, oh shit, like I'm not going to be able to meet her where she is. Right. Like I look at you and I I try not to compare because you know, we're all on our own path, but I'm like, she's so fucking woke and she's so there. (laughs) She's like on her thing. And I'm still here, you know, figuring out my stuff. I'm still so new to it. And I I was nervous. I'm like, am I even going to understand what she's saying to me? Is she going to think I'm so (laughs) stupid and don't know anything? But I love the way you explain things because you don't dumb it down. You just make it so relatable and understandable. And I just, I appreciate that. So thank you so much. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I feel like that's the ultimate compliment because 
Um, I feel like one of my biggest superpowers is the ability to be human Mm -hmm. really like, and, and be able to go the places that I've gone. So when I'm talking about my, my experiences, I'm coming from a very human place, you know, I'm coming from a very, like I've been in it. I've had the fear. I've gone through it. I still have the fear. I still have the self doubt, you know, I'm just a a little step ahead. Right. Yeah. Uh, In that. So, yeah. So I haven't been able to ask anyone this question because it's really touchy and difficult, but I think that you you're the, you're the right person. So when we talk about, we brought all this into our lives, we attracted it. We brought this energy into our space. Mm -hmm. People who go through hard times can take that very offensively. So if you have a child who has cancer or if you've been Mm -hmm. raped before, or, you know, something of that magnitude, and you're like, so you're telling me that I created this for myself. How would you respond to that? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, this is a difficult one. And I get this question all the time. And ultimately this kind of like, if we strip away the spirituality behind it, um, this question has been asked many times, which is, uh, in religion, God, why is there suffering in the world? Right. And I don't know what like a Christian or a, you know, Catholic individual would actually respond to that. Um, but ultimately how I would respond to that suffering is, I truly believe it because I've done the past life exploration, you know, hundreds of thousands of times. And ultimately we've all been the Hitler and we've all been the Jew. Like that's, that's basically how to sum it up. Right. We've all been the murderer and we've all been murdered. Right. And so it's, it's difficult to even conceptualize, but we've all been in it. I've been homeless. I've been, you know, a manipulator. I've been, um, you know, a spiritual leader, I've been a politician, like we've all been all of these roles and we just need to have compassion over the role that other people are in and understanding that if I'm not struggling with something like weight in this lifetime, it's because I've been overweight in past lifetimes. It's because I felt uncomfortable in my body in, in that way. And I've been able to love myself through that state. I've been able to overcome that, but it doesn't mean that I'm not dealing with skin issues in this lifetime. It doesn't mean that I'm not dealing with other issues in this lifetime at a physical level, right? That other people aren't dealing with that they never even think about. Right. So we need to realize that, to say, oh, well, this man is so rich and so wealthy, he's got no issues, is actually the opposite because we all are dealing with and struggling with, if if we really think about the same amount of struggle, and I I know this is going to come across so awful, comparing someone who's super wealthy to someone who has cancer, right? It's like, oh, well, they're still struggling. They're both still struggling, but we need to realize that at a soul level, there's lessons embedded in whatever situation that you're in in order for you to learn, grow and move forward. And everyone is struggling with their own thing. And there's only a certain amount of categories of lessons in this dimension. So we can all relate to one another who are in the same category of struggle, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know? And so ultimately it's having compassion over the homeless man saying, I feel you, I understand where you're at you know, because I've been there too. And once again, that may sound ignorant for me, who's never been homeless to say, I feel you, I understand where you're at. Um, but I really do. I've experienced those lifetimes before. Um, so it's really just taking this, this, uh, compassion and seeing everyone as you see yourself and understanding that suffering is literally just a part of this density and suffering and challenge allows us to grow and move forward. And ultimately understanding as well, that you put that amount of challenge 
and lesson on your plate because you're freaking strong enough to overcome that, you know? And, and I always say that the people who fall the hardest rise the highest. I always say that some of the, the strongest light workers in this world are the ones who are suffering the most right now, but they are a diamond in a rough and they're just waiting to blossom. You know, they're just waiting to boom. And I, and I can't, you know, wait for those experiences for everyone in the world to wake up and to see their own power and to get out of the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. Life isn't happening to you. You are happening to life. Once again, once you take responsibility to say, you know what, my child does have cancer, but I co-created this experience. So what am I learning from it? Once you ask the right questions, you will receive the right answers. Then you can be able to move on and learn the lesson. Knowledge will set you free in that way. If you're too engrossed and too embedded in the experience of the moment, you will never be able to see a different perspective of it. Therefore, you will never transmute and get out of it. Mm. Preach, girl. <laughs> what do you feel like past lives bring forward for us or help us put together within this human experience? Oh my God. Uh, I mean, everything, yes. <laughs> everything, right? <laughs> I mean, we are, I truly believe this. We are an accumulation of everyone, everything that we've lived before. And that's how you that's the missing link that we're not looking at, right? Nature versus nurture, the biggest debate ever. We're not looking at ancestral trauma. We're not looking at past life trauma, you know, that also kind of culminate together to create who we are in this present moment. And so um, you, this is how we can see like, uh, say, for example, twins, right? Same nature, same nurture, very different. Mm -hmm. It's their soul. And their soul's life experience, even when they're babies, even when they're two years old, they're going to be extremely different, you know, independent beings because of their past experiences. Um, so it's really important that we look into past lifetimes. And right now what's happening, it's really crazy. We are actually collapsing all of the timelines and we're bringing them into the now moment. And this is the time, really one of the only times that we have actually been able to do this, to look at the fullest extent of who we are, to bring together all of these different timelines into the now moment, um, because the energy is clear enough uh, vibrationally for us to look at ourselves in that way. So what I recommend for people, especially since I'm not doing sessions anymore, is uh, I, I, I definitely think that there's um, past life regression recordings that are on YouTube that people can seek out. I mean, there's other people, many people all around the world who also do past life regression, mm -hmm. which I also recommend as well. But if your you know, bank account is hurting a little bit, there's tons of free resources out there and YouTube regression videos out there that are going to really help you get to that place. Um, and you might have to do it five times over to kind of start experiencing or stop doubting or what have you. Mm -hmm. Right. Amazing. So I want to bring it to what we're currently in right now. Mm -hmm. I had this thought this morning that I'm like, am I in a bubble of people like you and me who are waking up even further or is everyone waking up? Like, I'm like, am I in a bubble where I think everyone's waking up or is everyone actually waking up? 
<laughs> That's a great question. That's I, you know what? I, I am conflicted with my own bubble yeah. on a daily basis. I actually have this app on my phone. It's called the citizen app and it'll give me alerts and it's crazy. I mean, like I'm in like LA. So like, yeah. you know, right down the street, a woman with a frying pan is threatening people. I'm like, <laughs> a woman with a frying pan? Like, is this really happening? And then all of a sudden I have this perspective of the whole world is going on around me and yet I'm unaffected by it. So I want to say a little bit of both, mm-hmm. right? I want to be optimistic and say, yeah, the whole world is waking up and this is crazy, you know? Uh, and then I also want to say that um, we are in our own bubble because we create this bubble of reality. We create this, this ascension bubble. And I have no idea how the rest of the world even thinks these days. Like I am so far removed and that leaves me ignorant. That leaves me super vulnerable and very ignorant to the fears and the doubts and the politics and the, the polarity that everyone else is experiencing right now. So I want to say that we're not going to have a full awakening of 8 billion people all in one moment, which I wish, you know, and it's possible because I've heard about, you know, the solar flare potentially and, you know, uh, this electromagnetic frequency coming through and raising the vibration and leading us to ascension, which sounds biblical also, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sounds quite amazing, right? Um, but essentially, I believe that this awakening at a global level is going to happen over the next three years now, right? So kind of like uh, 2020 to 2024. And if the entire world awakened and all had an ego death at the same time, we would be in trouble. We still need the, the garbage truck drivers. You know, we still need the gardeners. We still need the farmers. And if everyone had an ego death all at once, like think about your dark night of the soul, you right. know, like it's just like cocooning, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we don't want the whole world to cocoon at the same time. That's just not feasible. And that's actually what makes a really great partnership. If you look at relationships as well, me and my wife all the time, I'm in bed for two days processing, you know, she's all fine and cheery and taking care of me a week later, she's in bed for two days. I'm taking care of her. And it's actually so beautiful. I mean, if we were both in bed, not feeling it at the same time, like we would both be big babies and we couldn't take care of each other. So that's how I see the world. It's this beautiful puzzle um, of, a, you know, ascension and awakening and everyone's kind of doing it at the, the time that they are predestined based on their soul contracts to do it. Um, so we're going to see a huge mass awakening and, and it's, I kind of laugh a little bit, even though I shouldn't like, that's a little bit uncompassionate of me, but there are people right now, especially in COVID and quarantine and 2020, where they're just like, I just want things to go back to normal. I just want to like, those are the people who, you know, are struggling so hard, but are not allowing themselves to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. And because they're not asking for help, they're not receiving it. So they're just stuck. And they're like, I just, I just can't stand it anymore. I just want things to go back to normal. And I'm like laughing. Cause I'm like, it will never be back to normal. Mm-mm. And I was just mentioning the other day in a video, um, you know, who here has changed changed their life, changed everything about themselves before and after COVID. Like, it's going to be like, I mean, this is going to be a conversation 10 years from now. Like I was a different person before COVID and now I'm a different person now, even six months later. Right. And it's because we're willing to change. So everyone on this planet who has an openness and a willingness to change is awakening rapidly. This is a great awakening period right now. Huge portals opening, stars are aligning. I mean, you name it, it's happening. Um, you know, the election's right around the corner. And then at the same time, you have these people who are unwilling to change, very stubborn, very attached to their old reality, and they're stuck. 
and it's going to take them a little bit longer and their ego death is going to be quite hard. Um, it's going to be hard hitting and they're going to have to go deep. And I'm sure everyone listening to this can think of one family member or one friend or one schoolmate or one colleague that you can think of that's going to get hit hard with this or that is getting hit hard with this. And that's going to continue to transpire moving forward. If you don't do the work now, you're going to be forced to do it later. You simply cannot move into 5D frequency which is what we're moving into at a global level, unless you do the work and you collapse your old reality. Can you describe a little bit more about what 5D is? Yes, very (laughs) difficult. Um, Very difficult because there's so many different angles and aspects of 5D. And so you probably, you know, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard of 3D, 5D, you know, many times before. Ultimately, these are just different frequencies, right? So if you can think about a radio station, and you've got like 95.1 radio station, and then you've got like 98.3. They're just different frequencies of vibration. That's all that it is. It's all that 3D, 4D, 5D are. So when we move into 5D, we're changing our frequency. And what that means is that this atomic world, this physical world stays the same. So a lot of people are expecting like, yes, I'm going to be taken off this planet and I'm going to be plopped into heaven and it's going to be fluffy and bright and you know and it's like no <laughs> your living room is going to look like your living room mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but your mind is going to be different your perception is going to be different and perception is everything if we change our mind if we change our vibration if we change our perception we change our entire reality because it is through conscious awareness and conscious thought where our reality starts to shift and change and uh, and manifest Right. So anything that is disharmonic for you will be brought into harmony when you move into 5D. So that means friendships. That means job. That means the way that you make money. That means your home and living situation. Maybe you renovate. Maybe you actually move altogether. But shifting your environment to match your vibration. But you have to shift your vibration um, before you shift your your environment, right? So 5D isn't this miraculous, you know, butterflies and rainbows. It's just an alternate perception that we step into of being above the polarity. It doesn't mean that you're going to stop stubbing your toe or, you know, fumbling, you know, your glass on the table or whatever, right? It doesn't mean that everything's just rainbows and butterflies. It just means that when you drop your glass accidentally and, you know, it shatters everywhere, you're like, hmm, what am I learning from this? Why did I create this? You know, how is this improving my life? And all of a sudden realizations, downloads, aha moments are all going to come to you because you are the only creator of your reality. That's what 5D is all about. And it's freaking liberating. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's the most free you will ever feel in your entire life. And it doesn't require money. It doesn't require, you know, a a big change. It just requires you to be open-minded and to look at things a different way. Mm. So as we look at the world right now, especially on the West coast, everything's on fire. I saw something yesterday that um, Yellowstone had 24 earthquakes in a 24 hour period or something ridiculous. Um, And of course, like you said, the election is coming up and we're in just political chaos and COVID is still continuing. And to me, I'm like, 
well, of course, everything has to burn. Like if it li- doesn't literally burn and fall to the ground, we can't, you know, start over or ascend or any of these things are not possible without this. It's really hard to say that though, when you know people are suffering and there's, you know, horrible things happening everywhere. Yeah. But is that your perspective on what's happening across the world? Absolutely. Um, I actually just channeled uh, in my last Galactic Federation event, I just channeled the vibration of Mother Gaia uh, to tune into where she's at and what's going on. And she said the exact same thing. There's going to continue to be um, uh, not volcanoes, but uh, earthquakes and flooding and fires and tsunamis and, you know, you name it, things are continuing to happen on this planet not because of global warming, okay, don't be fooled, um, but because of a shift, right? There's a shift in consciousness, shift in frequency. Mother Gaia herself has to shift. I do believe that there's some other kind of nefarious conspiracy stuff going on uh, with the fires and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to play into the whole new world order. You know, I, that, that's all happening. But if we focus on that and that's the only truth and the only reality, then that's what we're continuing to perpetuate. Right. If we go beyond that and above that and we start to realize that this is all happening for our death and rebirth. And if we're doing that on an individual level, the planet as a whole has to do that as well. Right. We have to have that death before we have the rebirth, um, just like you mentioned. So this is a, a time of great upheaval and simultaneously a time of great awakening. And, you know, I'm definitely a big proponent of getting prepared, getting yourself prepared, you know, at a physical level, having food, water for, you know, a month to three month, uh, months per, per household. And I just think that that's really important because if shit does hit the fan even more so than it has, then there's no fear there. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm good. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to meditate. I've got all my stuff. I've got all my supplies. I'm good to go. There's no fear. Right. So when shit hits the fan and people aren't prepared, we see, you know, everyone buying up toilet paper in, in the, you know, in the grocery stores, which is ridiculous because they're fear-based, right. And they're in a fight or flight mode. So get yourself prepared and it's better to be safe than sorry is kind of my, oh, you know, my, my thinking, but I do believe that we are on the timeline and the trajectory of awakening and ascension and rebirth rather than destruction and apocalypse. But we do have to go through this rocky period for the next couple of years. This isn't just going to end with 2020. Um, it's going to roll over and it's going to be you know pretty rocky. So just kind of hanging in there and making sure that you're giving love to yourself while simultaneously giving love to all of humanity and Mother Gaia herself and supporting from a distance without supporting the paradigm of the 3D. This is probably unpopular opinion, and I'm sure some people will yell at me for this, but I really believe that Donald Trump is the best answer for what we need right now for this shift. I don't like the guy. I think he's yucky. I don't believe in anything he says for the most part. But I think when you look at someone who is able to massively transform things, like you've been saying this whole time, I feel like we created this so that we could have this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I definitely believe that Trump is shaking things up and that's what we needed. Right. So there was like this blind, ignorant belief uh, before of like, say, for example, Obama. Right. 
oh, he's got it. I trust him. He'll take care of it. He's got our back, you know, and, uh, you know, does he really, right? Did we, were we really critically thinking? Mm-hmm. Were we really asking the right questions with Obama? I don't think so. I think everyone was just blissfully ignorant, you know, willing for the government to just kind of, you know, take, take control. Right. And that created more of an issue than what Trump is creating right now, which is he's forcing us to question. He's forcing us to discern. He's forcing us to be critical. And anyone that does that, I believe, um, is an incredible being, you know, and helping us to in this ascension. Right. We need to be forced to question. We need this upheaval. We need this buffoonery. We need I mean, we need this shakeup in a lot of ways. Um, And I think even a lot of the elites and a lot of the shadow stuff going on are even shaken up by him as well. I mean, that's why we see that that paradigm within the mass media of trying to uh, discredit him. And so if every single news station um, all across America are all saying the same thing, then that's a cause to question it. Right. In my mind, it's like, oh, if they're all saying the same thing, then what's the opposite? What's the alternative belief? You know, um, because there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I just I just say to question everything. Um, I'm not necessarily like pro Trump or even pro Q. I don't really follow any of that. But um, I do believe and I honor Trump's soul, because at the end of the day, here's a man who has had the most full life you could ever possibly imagine, who has had the most controversy you could ever possibly imagine, but his soul chose that, right? If we take away the, the hair and this, you know, the, the orange skin and the, just the, the body, right? The, the, the human flesh suit of, of who Trump is. And we just take a look at, he signed up for this. Wow. That takes a brave soul you know? Mm. Um, and, and that's not a popular opinion either. Right. Same thing. Like I honor Hitler's soul because wow, you know, despite whether you think that what he did was right or wrong, he signed up for that mission. Right. And even though he may have been very polarized or very evil or very wrong, you know, in this, in that particular incarnation as a soul, he's not polarized. Mm -hmm. He's not light or dark, but he chose a very strong polarity position and only the strongest souls can do that. Right. So same thing with Trump. Um, I believe the same thing, you know, his soul is quite strong for choosing this position. And I freaking honor that because I'm not strong enough to be a Trump, you know? So, um, you know, I just praise to him for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, that's such an interesting, really great perspective. I love that. And I think when you get to where you are, when you have perspective and you have understanding of what this whole cosmic game is, then you can really see, see it for what it is and, and appreciate it. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, I don't know about you, but I get offered from people all the time. Like, can I do Reiki on you? Or can I do a reading for you? Or I just got certified and I want to do this. And when you talk about discernment, I feel like this is when it really comes forward because what it feels like for me, especially as spirituality has become such a mono, I don't know if this is a word, but a monetizable career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> everyone can channel now. Everyone can do a past life regression. It just seems like this is something that everyone is doing. And I, I have a little bit of fear and discomfort with that because I don't know that people use their discernment when working with a lot of healers, especially when it comes to things like plant medicine. And you have someone who calls himself a shaman who is giving you something and you don't know what the fuck it is and what their training is. And I would just love for you to shed some light on what's going on right now and how you approach that. Yeah. So you bring up a really great point, which is disempowerment within the spiritual community. That's what it is. What it comes down to is 
you know, when I have um, clients of mine, and this is more so in the past, who they're like, oh, I want to come see you every week. And I tell them, you don't need to come see me every week. The second that I feel this hinge of disempowerment that, oh, Elizabeth, you have all the answers for me, and I'm not going to do the work myself, I cut them off. And I say, I'm sorry, but I can't have another session with you until you start doing the work. And they're like, what? I've never been rejected when I want to pay you money. <laughs> I've never been rejected before by a healer. You know, I want to like, you know, pay, purchase a service from you. And you're saying no to me. And then I'm like, yeah, no, really. I, I, you know, I can't have that energy. That's not what I'm here to support. Right. And so I even tell them to stop taking courses. It's like every month they're, they're in a new course. It's like, what is the work that you've done for yourself? Same thing with plant medicine. It's like, oh, well, this week I'm doing a boga and next week I'm doing Aya. And then the week after that, I'm doing, you know, you know, um, San Pedro or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing for you? Right. And it's really important that you don't need a teacher. You don't need a mentor. You don't need a course. You don't need a, a lesson. You don't need a class. You don't need a session. You don't need a healing, right? Yes. Self work is important but you have all of the tools that you need for you. So the more that you're going, going, going to everyone else other than yourself, the more you're disempowering yourself. And I've always been that way. I've always been relying on myself as the only source for anything, which once again, leaves me super ignorant. I don't know what all these different healing practices and modalities are. And you know what? I probably need to be more vulnerable and accept more of those things, right? Um, but discernment is important. And also just asking yourself, am I disempowering myself by wanting too much from what other people can do for me and not believing what I can do for myself? You can do whatever you need for you and you don't need anyone else. That being said, you also have to ask yourself, if someone came to me and, and offered me something, I co-created this experience. So why did I co-create this experience? Is it A, because I actually really need this? Or is it B, because I need to say no more often? Or is it C, because I need more discernment? Or is it D, because I need to figure out that I can do this myself? And maybe I do a little research and say, oh, hopopono ono, I can do this myself. You know, this is great. Let's get into it, right? So you need to just critically assess and analyze and, and use your logic and ask yourself the question of why did this come into my frequency, right? Instead of just saying yes, impulsively or no impulsively, which is just through autopilot, autopilot programming, you know, what is your soul? Why did your soul create this? Um, so that's important, right? Discernment is important to understand why did you bring this into your reality or why are you seeking this out? Mm, I love that. Thank you. I think it's yeah. so important. I don't think enough people are talking about that right now. And you're right. We are giving everyone else our power and saying, you can fix me. You know, the answers. And then we don't trust ourselves and we're perpetuating cycles that were taught to us for God knows how long. And this is a moment where you can end that pattern and cycle and look inward. And I, I love that you teach people that. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And even in a past lifetime, I was a what was I? I think it was a, a shaman or some sort of priest, but a, a more of a spiritual priest. Um, yeah, kind of like a Buddhist monk because I had my head shaved. And, um, and I was always asked that question. I was a male in that lifetime. And I was always asked the question of, why don't you take on a student? Why don't you, why don't you become a mentor? And I always uh, went back or um, 
an apprentice. Why don't you take on an apprentice and teach someone all of your knowledge? Or why don't you have kids and teach them all of your knowledge? And I always said, if I can teach more people in one hour than just one person, that's what I'm going to do, right? The dissemination of knowledge and information. And, and I feel the same way in this lifetime. It's like, I'm not necessarily a teacher or a mentor to one person. I teach people how to become their own teacher. And I feel like that's the most empowered um, you can ever be. And I believe that any teacher that is saying what is right and what is wrong is the wrong teacher. Even if it's like the vegan lifestyle is the way to go, it's like, but maybe it's not for this one person, you know? And, and, and you can't assume that everyone has the proper discernment to say, maybe that's not for me. Instead, they're like, okay, cool. Let's try that then, you know, because you just said that. Right. So it's really important just to be aware of how vulnerable people are in their awakening and how easily swayed they are. And so for me to kind of be above it all, to say, eat whatever your body tells you you need. That's it. Just listen in every moment. And it's not up to me to say you need to wear black every day because it's going to allow you to be neutral. No, it's, it's different for every single soul. So to say what is right or what is wrong is definitely the wrong way to go about it. And that's that's the, the most empowered I can be as a teacher is um, to allow other people to become their own teachers. It's so beautiful. Thank you for the way you show up and, and this conversation and just how incredible you are in, in your teaching and just honoring yourself. It's really, I mean, I appreciate it so much and I know so many others do as well. So thank you. And thank you for taking time today. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. I had a good time. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.